Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show, the best show on the internet. This is the RR Show. I'm Andy, and today I am taking you into some horror stories. So buckle up and get ready. Our first one is from r slash no sleep from Chemistry Excellent 24. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Hey, Emma, it looks like this project's gonna run late. You'll need to pick up Josie from day camp. I'll drop off tomorrow morning instead. I was just shocked by the voicemail. It wasn't that it was unlike Mike to impose on my time and expect me to fix his problems. In fact, that was a large part of the reason he was my ex. But to think I was going to drop everything and pick up some random kid after we'd split six years ago was over the top even for him. After listening to the message, I called and told him as much. This isn't funny, Emma. Just because it's my day to pick up our child, you're going to pretend that... I cut him off and asked if he'd meant to call me or if he'd gotten involved with a different Emma because I didn't have a kid, certainly not with him of all people. Oh, so now you're going to pretend you're not Emma Sanders. You're so fucking childish sometimes, he said before hanging up. I blocked the number, figuring it was probably some prank. Maybe he'd finally started that podcast he'd been dreaming of while we were together, while not actually putting forth any effort into making it a reality, and this was, I don't know, material for it or something. Not five minutes later, my phone rang again. My mum. Convenient, since I was about to call her anyway to vent. Mike called and asked me to get Josie because he said you wouldn't. What's going on? The room tilted felt like something sharp pierced my heart. Mike might try gaslighting me, I guess, but my own mother? Never. Gulping back a sob, I insisted that I didn't know any Josie. I wasn't a mother at all. Why was she and Mike doing this to me? She didn't even like him, and now she was pretending we had a lifetime connection in the form of a little girl? I'm not sure how much of my speech was coherent because she didn't respond to any of it. She urged me to stay where I was, and she assured me she was on her way. When she arrived, only the driver's door popped open. That was good. My relief was short-lived, because she stepped inside and announced that she'd dropped Josie off to play with my friend Carmen and her son. Are you feeling alright? Did you hit your head recently? Genuine concern was etched on her face. I am ashamed to admit I grabbed my mum and dragged her through the house, demanding she show me one sign that I shared it with a child. She skidded to a stop in front of the spare room, asked me what I'd done with Josephine's things. Jesus, Emma, when did you have time to dismantle the furniture? Wasn't Josie here this morning? Where has she been sleeping? It's an incredibly helpless feeling when your lifelong source of comfort delivers a massive dose of pain and confusion. I wanted her out. 
but couldn't bring myself to say it. Even in my frazzled state, I knew that if she walked toward the door, I'd throw myself in front of it and beg her not to leave. When she put her arm around me and half walked me, half carried me to bed, I didn't object. My night was plagued with dreams of a child with a smooth, featureless face, framed by hair that had Mike's ash-brown coloring and my waves. The scent of breakfast filled the air. My mum met me in the hall and whispered that Carmen had dropped Josephine off because Mike was coming to take her to camp. She asked if I felt any better and looked crushed to learn that I still had no memories of her granddaughter. She announced that when Mike and Josie were ready, she was going to take me to the hospital. Sounded good to me. At least one of us needed to be evaluated, and I was going to ask to see the records of this supposed birth. Part of me wanted to hide in my room, but I needed to see this child. Don't say anything to upset her, please. The statement was gentle, but with a hint of warning, and it rattled me. I was used to being the recipient of the protective streak, not being treated like a potential source of harm. I brushed past mum and glanced around. Kitchen, empty, living room, was the same. I winced as my mum's bony elbow jabbed me in the ribs. Say something, she hissed. Your daughter said good morning. I'd briefly entertained the possibility that I was afflicted by some kind of amnesia, but my eyesight and hearing were just fine. Nobody said anything. There was nobody else here to say anything. There were two plates of pancakes on the table. How did mum explain that? Josie doesn't like pancakes then, she patiently explained. She had a banana. I was unraveling. My head felt like it was on fire. Oh, and where's the pill? Let me guess. It's in the garbage, just like a bed and a mattress and all her fictional toys. Well, yes, I threw the peel away. I didn't know you'd need evidence of your child eating. My mum had entered the kitchen, kneeling down, circling her arms loosely in front of her, cradling an invisible body. I couldn't help it. I went over and waved my hand through the empty space. Horrified, my mum acted like she was hefting something up into her arms and rushed from the room. I felt suffocated and the only thing on my mind was getting out of there. I went back to my room and got dressed, then got my keys. I could see my mum standing in the backyard, pacing and talking on the phone, as I backed out the driveway and sped down the road. My trip ended at a hotel in the next town. The constantly ringing phone soared away at my remaining shred of sanity. I tried to find something fun on TV for a distraction but that failed because the only free channels were new stations and they were all talking about some man who'd been found pulverized in his pool I called the police to get a wellness check for my mother but when I told them my name I was told something that nearly made me pass out Miss Anders, I'm glad you called please come down to the station and we'll talk we know it was a terrible accident we know you didn't see her we just want to make sure you're safe and that you don't do anything to compound this terrible tragedy. Apparently, when I left the house earlier, I'd backed out over Josie. 
All right, guys, to save you uh, your next therapy session from that last, frankly, traumatizing story, here is one from r slash glitch in the matrix from Coddy Wample. This is the infinite cookie glitch. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Because it's always good to clarify, I was in no way, shape, or form intoxicated, lacking sleep, or any state that can alter one's perception. This happened today. It's in the middle of the afternoon and it's my break, so I decided to grab a snack. I made some cookies the day before and took four of those to uni because I know having a snack helps me get through long afternoons. I go sit down in a corner to watch some silly YouTube videos. I grab a cookie and I eat it. Then another. Then another. Then, that's right, another. I'm not really paying attention to the top where I'm grabbing the cookies from at this point. I'm focused on the video. I grab another, and eat another cookie, and another one. Then it hits me. There were only four cookies in my Tupperware. I know this because I packed them this morning and this is the maximum amount I allow myself. I finally look, and there's still two cookies sitting there. Two out of four, and I've eaten six. The moment I finally look at the box while finishing them up, they, of course, actually disappear and do not make a reappearance. Honestly, it sounds like one of those infinity item duplicate glitches from video games. I pondered on it all day and have decided to take it as the universe kindly granting me more snacks to help with this particularly long day of class. <laughs> 